Once you are self-aware, you must make a change. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show. As you know, I'm your host, Deborah Kozowski, and today I have a special guest that I am bringing to you, Darius Bouchard. He is the creator and founder of The Artist Morning, an online community providing space, support, and structure for anyone who wants to meditate and journal together. And I am witness to this. I've been attending The Artist Morning since January, and it is totally transformative, but even more, what a positive community. Darius is also a celebrated portrait photographer who has worked with international celebrities, best-selling authors, thought leaders, and such as Seth Godin, Liz Gilbert, Dr. Shafali, Jim Quick, Danielle Laporte, Lisa Nichols, and Masai Urjuri. His work has been featured in world-class publications such as Time, Apple, USA Today, Oprah.com, and others. Darius most popular photography series, nostrangers.art, documents short but powerful conversations that Darius has had with countless strangers on the street as he's taking their photos. His signature photography experience, Heart Shots, uses photography as a channel for inner exploration and self-love. Darius has also created and facilitated over 500 guided meditations for tens of thousands of people around the world and can be found on Insight Timer, which is the world's largest meditation app, as well as the following places. And Darius, I am so excited to be able to play with you today. And I know when I was asking you what you would like to talk about, you said, just go in. And one of the things that came to mind is in the artist morning, we'll, we'll kind of just set people up because I do want to jump into the background and stuff. But in the artist morning, you talk about it being a place to be sacred and silly. Mm-hmm. So I would like to frame today's session about around being sacred and silly and how you can explain to everybody what exactly that means. Sounds amazing to me because those are my favorite boundaries to play within. <laughs> um, thank you, Deborah, for having me sacred and silly is everything it's everything you know there life is really sacred it's really incredible that we get to do this thing it's magical it's a miracle it's you know full of blessings and those blessings sometimes look like tragedy and trauma in disguise you know as a blessing um and when we take ourselves too seriously life is heavy life is really hard and so it's a reminder for me and for a lot of people um that yes there are some beautiful important miraculous things happening and also kind of there's nothing serious happening at the same time it might sound like a paradox but it's my favorite way to exist and that totally makes sense like I know it's a paradox but at the same time if we separate the two thinking of okay what is sacred 
sacred is that we have this, maybe a meter stick. If we took a meter stick, we have about this much time and wherever we are on that timeline is how much more we get to play. And the silliness I love, because it reminds me all the time not to take myself too seriously. Cause I, I, I honestly know that I can fall into that trap and, uh, that's why I wanted, I was so excited that you agreed to come on the podcast so we can help people explore and share that silliness and not taking ourselves so seriously, but at the same time, understanding that there is a reverence for life. Yeah, that's why we get along. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me and our, our audience here about, you know, your journey, because I know that the artist morning, it wasn't something that was on your vision to begin with, you kind of landed here through, you know, bumps and grooves and taking different routes. And I know people sometimes think, you know, when they get out of school, they're like, this is what I got to do, go to school, do this, do this, do this. And there's this linear projection, but we know that life is not a linear projection. It's more like squiggles and doodles on a page. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about your twists and turns and what brought you to where you are today. Sure. As you were asking that question, I was like, I don't think I know anyone who's had a linear life. I feel like it's a myth. I'd like to meet this person. And if I did, it'd probably be a really boring person. Maybe, possibly, who knows? Um, yeah, so my story is this, you know, sometimes this, and now more like this. It's, it's waves, it's these waves. Um, I've been tracking for the past, I don't know how many years, 10 plus years, almost every year, I'm sort of shocked at where I am now as compared to, I'm like, I would have never thought I would be here. You know, like, Full transparency, one year ago today, I was engaged. <laughs> and today, me and the person I'm engaged to are talking about our current partners and talking about potentially one day soon going on a double date. And I would have never in a million years thought that would be possible. And so um, it's full of surprises. And I'm coming to realize that the surprises are some of the juiciest parts of life. And my, my initial adulthood started off as some, you know, well-intended adults tried to convince me that I should be a lawyer. I had never talked to a lawyer in my life. I had never been in a courtroom in my life. I had no idea what the life of a lawyer looked like, but I had watched a bunch of episodes of Law & Order and these adults were telling me that, yeah, that you get really high grades in high school law. So you should think about becoming a lawyer. And so that's where I guess it started. And if you know me, it's kind of hilarious imagining me as a lawyer. And so, um, sure, I started down that path, quickly realized that's not the thing for me. Entrepreneurship seemed like a path that made sense for me, started an uh, web development and app development agency when I was like 20 years old, did that for a couple years, went all in on a social network to encourage people to do one daily act of kindness a day, blew a lot of money into that, so much money that it ended up like closing, we had to close down the initial business that was making money, both businesses closed down, lost my condo, lost my girlfriend, lost my dog, had to move in with my mom in her basement again at like, I don't know, 25, 26. And then, you know, tried to rebuild. 
and became someone that I did not want to be. I became, you know, I got into advertising and again, all the things on the surface look good. Um, creative job, good money, all the stuff. And I was miserable again, you know, so uh, it's been this up and down journey for me. And then that got me to quit advertising and start making films. And then that eventually got me to photography. And then that's where everything changed forever with me. Yeah, photography stole my heart. And I've been doing photography professionally for nine years now, I believe. And three years ago, when all photography studios shut down because of COVID, I found myself in this big loft with these cameras and a lot of extra time. And a whisper told me that there's a lot of people that are scared and alone in the world and could use meditation and journaling. And after two weeks of ignoring that whisper, I finally said, okay, fine, I guess I'll make this thing. I don't know how to teach meditation. I've been meditating since I was 20, thanks to my mom, but I had no idea how to do any of this stuff. And then slowly but surely, it's grown and grown and grown. And, you know, there's like 70, 80, 90 people that meditate with us on Fridays. And I think we're approaching like, half a million minutes of meditation on YouTube and almost 15,000 followers on Insight Timer. So every day, I think there's two, 2,200 reviews I get every month on Insight Timer with people all over the world telling me how these meditations are impacting their lives, which four years ago, if you told me, I would be like, what are you talking about? I'm a photographer. That's like, what meditations? You're crazy. So life is beautiful and sacred and kind of absurd and ridiculous and hilarious all at once. You know, it's interesting when you say like a year ago where you would be at, you know, during this past year, I've shared on the podcast and I've shared with you that I've had a health condition that had come up and I wouldn't have even thought about doing meditation until this time. I wouldn't have been even able to meet you and thinking about the people that I've met along the way that show up exactly at the right time. Like I'm looking in hindsight, they showed up exactly when I needed them. And that's why anybody watching or listening, I want to encourage you to test out those things that come to you um, because you don't know why they're there. Like I was introduced from a friend, from a friend to you. And I was like, I'll check this thing out. You know, this artist morning. And one of the things that I'll have to say is my favorite part is the lounge. So I do the meditation. We do journaling, which I love the journaling part because I've been a journaler since I was 12. But the lounge part, it is what I find the most fascinating, Darius, is that we all have a similar connection, even though our stories are so completely different, that there's parts of people's stories that when we're sharing with each other, the connection or what resonated with us or what came up, I'm like, Hey, I actually wrote that down too. And not even realizing how our, we're, you know, all different parts of the world, but so connected and being able to build these relationships online in this community and knowing that there's an impact in hearing other people's stories. Cause I think about them when I leave for the day, wondering what they're up to. And then when I come back, I'm seeing that they're back there again to share in that journey. And one of the things that you point out is that 
this is the only time ever that we'll be together in this space and never again will it ever be the same this specific configuration of humans will never be in a space together again you know however many people show up the chances of that exact amount of people showing up it just won't happen and it's like when we see how precious it is you know it's and that's why i love starting every artist morning with like this is the first ever may 5th 2023 artist morning because this is the first time i have ever and you have ever experienced today yeah we will never experience today again and we have never experienced today ever before and if we don't take a moment to bring that awareness to it it's just like another day yeah so what led you to the artist morning? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> All of it. I'm coming to realize everything leads you to everything. You know, so I was on a podcast yesterday and they're like, you know, do you think that that taught you something? Yes, everything. All of it. Everything informs everything else. Um, more specifically, COVID. (laughs) More specifically, I was just before COVID, I was um, reading Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way. And she introduced me to morning pages, which is like three pages of writing, uh, free flow, free flow writing. Um, More specifically, yeah, you know, my mom seeded meditation with me when I was very young through bribing me to meditate. And so (laughs) oh, my mom, shout out Sally, Um, um, some love. She's got a funny way to her. Um, Doesn't always work because it's a little like aggressive at times. But in hindsight, it seems like it really works. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, when you talked about, you know, when you had the whisper that got stronger, like, what are those moments that you knew that, you know, that advertising wasn't for you or, you know, okay, I'm going to listen. Is, does it just come as a whisper? Is it like repetitive or is there something that you recognize as a sign that leads you to know that, okay, I need to do this. Otherwise it's going to get louder. Yeah. When you're a creative person, which all of us have the capability of being, but especially when you practice that creative muscle, it's really sharp. And you're, you see ideas and innovations and possibilities everywhere. So it's like, that's a blessing and a curse because it could distract you. So I've created processes that help me filter out the ideas that are just fun to play with temporarily from the ones that okay, maybe I should put some energy and time and money into this particular thing. And the trends I've seen for the ones that bring the most to my life and to other people's lives are, there's usually like a three to six week whisper flirt, you know, and it's not a seduction. It's love versus lust. You know, my ego speaks seductively. And like 
through scarcity and like, you better do this quick or this opportunity's gone. You know, it's like right. lust, like, let's take this chance to have this one night stand, you know? And, and whereas the love whispers are gentle and calm and soothing. And they're like, hey, I think there might be other people that could use some meditation and journaling and community, you know? Yeah. And so I've noticed the love tone to the whispers over a course of weeks. Um, and then if you don't do anything about them, the whispers go away. And my belief is that the essence of that idea goes and finds someone else to whisper to. And so, yeah, that's what that whisper felt like. You know, you talked about that everyone has creativity to them. And, I, and I've heard people say, I don't got a creative bone in my body. How would I be creative? Yet it's how I think we view creativity. So I'd love for you to share with us, like, how do you view creativity and how can creativity be for everyone? Who came up with that sentence? I don't have a creative bone. That, that, was, the, that was the moment of the problem. It's not a bone, people. It's a muscle. You can't grow bones unless you're like an X-Men, but you definitely can grow muscle and it's practice. So one, if you're not practicing and your expectation is you're just going to be creative, you got to check your ego. It's not how it works. You got to check your entitlement. It's not how it works. Two, um, my belief around creativity is it's actually not a bone or muscle, but it's, it's a lifelong relationship. And the relationship was with this entity, this energy, this essence called creativity. And for me personally, I personify creativity as a beautiful, intelligent, deeply fascinating woman. And I need to make sure my life, my language, my energy, my space is, is attractive to her. If I'm constantly talking about how tired I am and how much of a victim I am, creativity is like, I think I'm gonna go hang out with somebody else. You know, for me, if my space is chaotic, creativity doesn't, you know, I can't invite a beautiful, intelligent girl to my house if my space is, you know, chaotic. I've got to put like beautiful paintings and postcards and burn sage and Palo Santo. You got to charm her, you know, because she has been in hundreds of thousands of relationships before me and she's very clever and she knows when somebody is just using her as a means to an end to get money to get fame to get power you know the way i see it is like she comes from a very wealthy powerful family and she knows if you're just using her to get access to what creativity can give you access to or if you're genuinely interested in having a relationship with her and if you're interested in having a relationship with her, she doesn't want you to say that. She does want you to say that, but more importantly, she wants you to demonstrate through your behaviors. Are you actually taking photos just for you? Are you actually writing without any validation needed? Are you actually dancing? Are you actually, you know, and creation is everything. It's not just painting and, and, and books. It's like, did you make a sandwich and use like creativity? 
did you have a conversation with someone and it's like wow creativity was just like loving that conversation it can be in everything and anything and these people that have made creativity and art need to be a specific thing forget about them forget about them because your life from the very first act of creation when you were born guess what that was an act of creation you know you've been creative you've been imprinted with creation energy from the jump that is the most profound personification I've ever heard. And I think it's amazing because just as I was listening to you, all I could think of is what a way to up-level yourself in your own life by knowing that you have this guest that's around you all the time, like decluttering and having your space. And, you know, have, not only are you nurturing yourself, but you're, you're having this expectation that this gift is here with you and that you are wanting to honor it in such a powerful way. I, I love it. I was like, all of a sudden I'm thinking of, wow, I uh, already know a few things that I need to do for myself. And I could say, okay, that just increased my standards, you know, and up level to the viewpoint of how you think about creativity and just honoring it as such a guest in your home or guest wherever you are. You want to take it to the next level? Let's do it. If you ask creativity a question, she, he, they, it, whatever, however you want to personify it, will answer you. Especially if you have a piece of paper and a journal. And so it's not just like, uh, it's not a one-way conversation. It's like, you can actually, the practice I like to use is like, I create a beautiful space. It could start with a single candle. Mine has grown to like pictures of me as a child and books that represent creativity and things that smell good and my gems and all sorts of stuff. But you can start with a single little thing. You take a couple of breaths. Maybe you, you know, do a short little meditation, place your hand on your heart, maybe one just above your belly button. And you ask, dear creativity, is there something you want to tell me? Is there something you'd like to share with me? I'm here. I'm ready. I am open to listen to anything you'd like to share. And just sit and listen. Get a piece of paper out and watch as creativity answers. Watch. I've done this with hundreds of people now and like the answers are profound and take it slow. Maybe you and creativity have been estranged and maybe she needs to trust you a little bit. So it might take two or three sessions to do that. So she actually trusts your intentions. Usually it doesn't. Usually right away she'll tell you something. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a game changer. Well, one of the meditations that we've done is, you know, you talk about there being this piece of paper, this note that's waiting for you. And I know it has always like blown me away. What, when I open that note, what it will be. And every time it's different depending on the day of the meditation. And I'm like, wow. And it's exactly what I <laughs> needed to hear. And uh, I just find it so amazing to be able to access that type of creativity and you know being able to trust that process 
And I think, you know, myself as a coach, one of the things that's, you know, was throughout the training and in life, it's like, okay, trust the process, detach from the outcome, you know, being able to let go. So it leads me to ask one of the things that you mentioned is having a picture of yourself as a child. And, you know, on one of the meditations, I know that there's been several people who have pulled out that picture. And I, I would love to share you to share, like, what is the purpose? Is there a significant purpose around it? Or what has inspired you to ensure that you have that picture of yourself? I love that picture. It's podcaster in progress. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> kind of crazy. Um, yes. So kids have deep wisdom children have deep deep wisdom my belief is they're they're pre bs they're pre masks they're pre programming and they're closer to source based off of just they're younger that's why I, I, if i'm ever around a baby i'll hold a baby and just be like you know things you have so much wisdom you're so yeah. close to god you're so close to source like i'll just like yeah. stare them in the eyes and just like give me the wisdom i can feel you've got the wisdom and so one they have deep wisdom for us two um they're always with us they're always watching our inner child the children there's multiple ages of children in all of us are there watching us and impacting us in the present day moment um three whenever i'm creating something it's a good or or i'm helping someone create something through photo shoots or whatever it might be it's like just great to remember that you're speaking to a young part of you especially if you haven't done that creation that art form that craft very much you're just a child so when you start speaking so critically to yourself and putting such deep expectations on yourself it's like I want you to imagine you're speaking to an eight-year-old or five-year-old a 12-year-old and it's like oh I would never speak like that I'm like exactly yeah. you think this 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 eight-year-old is going to want to continue writing or continue whatever the the craft is especially when you put the pressure of like and you got to pay the mortgage with this immediately they're gonna be like are you kidding way too much pressure I'm not interested and so for a variety of reasons I keep photos of myself and other people as children around um and I encourage people to like tap into the power and um just the beauty of the inner children inside them you know, as you're saying that, you know, I wonder if that's where some of the blocks come from that resistance that, you know, you often hear creators say that, you know, I've sat at a blank page or a blank canvas. And I know Stephen Pressfield in his book, War of Art and, and Turning Pro, he talks about how resistance is something that you need to do because the stronger it is, it's often more so that you need to follow through to the other side of that resistance. I would love to hear your take on resistance. And is it because we forget our inner child that we hit these blocks? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Resistance. It's a cool question. It's like, how are you going to build weight without weight resistance? 
Like it's just like we want to build the muscle and you can't build the muscle doing this. Resistance is a gift. That weight resistance, you know, but it's it needs to be um, approached strategically. If you're just getting started and you have a huge amount of weight, you're going to tear your muscles and never want to do this again. If you're just getting started and you're like, I'm going to put, I'm going to go hard. I'm going to do a hundred. Yeah. I'm going to do a hundred today. I haven't worked out in a year, but I'm going to do a hundred. You're going to be sore and not want to do it anymore. But if you're like, I'm going to put five pounds and I'm going to do 20 of these today and I'm going to be back tomorrow and do 20 of these tomorrow and I'm going to be back and do 20 and you're just practicing in a year from now you're going to be ahead of both of those guys and so like you like resistance I know people have said like resistance is the way without resistance there is no way it's just like that's just a part of life it's like imagine anything a wave without resistance right like the resistance is the entry fee um i don't agree with um steven pressfield and a lot of stuff his his whole view is that it's a war it's like antagonistic you know and you you gotta like man up and attack and fight right and I take a different approach. I, take, I don't I don't take the war approach. I take it's like a game. It's yeah. like a cosmic joke. The whole thing is just like this hilarious joke that you and me are different. We're not different. We're the same. We're exactly the same. And we just forgot because our eyes trick us that I can see that you're there and I'm here. And we're like, oh, we're two different people. We're not. We're all the same. There's one energy. You know, some people have said that it's like, God manifest in all these different forms, you know, sure. I, I can't tell you definitively what it is, yeah. but I have this strong sense that it's just this giant cosmic joke, this hilarious, playful game. And that we chose to come here because the resistance is fun. Like sometimes I like to think about it. Our soul got cast in this role. And when an actor gets cast, they want the juiciest role possible, you know? And they, they, they're not, they're never forced into a role. They get to choose, hey, do you, we have, I wrote this role for you. It's really fascinating. It's really interesting. Or do you want it? Oh my God, yes. Or I wrote this role for you and it's, it's like kind of boring. It's really like flat. Nothing really happens to this character. You're like, I'm gonna pass. You know, so it's like we choose these juicy characters that have resistance and have ups and downs and have unexpected things because they're rich characters to play. And we forget we're playing them sometimes. And that's why sometimes I just walk around in my head yelling, cut. And I'm like, cut. And then I pop out and my soul's like, oh my God, this Darius character is amazing. He's so good to play. He's so confident one day. And then the next day, he's like so unsure of himself. And it's like this roller coaster ride. What a rich character. Thank you. Thank you, God, for casting me in this character. I'm having a blast playing him. You just made me think that how much I could make washing the dishes a lot more fun. 
you know, the, just the regular activities that we do that we, you know, sometimes, oh, I got to wash dishes or, oh, I got to make supper or whatever. And then to turn around and say, but I get to be this character and I can be whoever I want in this moment and I can make it fun. It, it particularly works actually in the really hard situations. That's when it works the best. When something like really difficult is happening, that's when you yell cut. Like, oh my God, this film is getting better and better. Every page, every page. You know, this is the juiciest rule. How did I get so lucky? How did I get so lucky? This is amazing. And it totally will shift the energy because I could just imagine, you know, in being in a tough spot thinking, I can't, I don't know if I can do that. It prevents you from falling into that uh, victim role right? Because you're like, cut, <laughs> so let's do something different. And I'm like, wow, I, I can think of a lot, number of things <laughs> that have happened in my, in just in my journey or hearing about friends journeys, how, if we could just say cut, that is so cool. Let's try something different. <laughs> you know, um, imagine the shift that we all would have. Exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So one of the things that I know Julia Cameron talks about is being consistent. Often people who are doing the morning pages talks about being consistent. What has what consistency done for you? You're asking good questions. I appreciate this. Consistency has made me a lot of money. Consistency has brought deep self-awareness and self-love in my life. Consistency has become a major pillar of who I am and my brand. And it's funny to me because I'm often shocked that people see me as consistent. And I'm like, what? Really? You're like, yeah, you're like the most consistent. I'm like, oh, I guess I am. But in my head, I always feel like I'm failing at consistency, which is so funny. Um, And consistency has a lot of misconceptions. People think consistency is perfection. And perfection is another myth that we've been fed that I've never seen perfection ever. Never once in my life have I ever seen perfection. So I don't know where it came from. I don't know who who created this myth called perfection, but consistency is not perfection. Yeah, consistency has a science to it. There's, There's definitely ways to make yourself more consistent. And like everything, it's a spectrum and it's practice. And people miss that and they come with these ridiculous expectations and it's like, nope, that's not how it works. Yeah. And you know, what leads me to think about the heart shots and wanting to know what inspire you to create that brand of heart, heart shots, but also thinking about when you were talking about consistency, I know that when people are getting portrait photography, they want to look just perfect, right? They, they want to have this certain image that they see themselves as. And I know that people can get very anxious about having their photo taken. So I'd love to, for you to share with us a little bit about heart shots, because I know you have a different way of doing things. And what inspired it? 
Yeah. So yeah, hard shots. Um, the catalyst for hard shots was someone was taking my photo and I'm like, this sucks. This is not fun. This is not going to yield the best picture of me. This feels very disingenuine and, and awkward and it can't just be me that feels this. And then I got a couple of other people taking my photos. I'm like, Oh my God, do they all do it the same? This is, this can't be the best way to take photos. And so, um, yeah, I said, there's a better way of doing it. It's a portrait session that mostly I work with authors, speakers, coaches, therapists, artists, that's who my clientele is really like heart centered individuals um, who are very committed to growing their practice to making an impact in the world um, and want to have fun, you know, believe creativity and ex self expression can be deeply enjoyable processes. The other part of the truth is 98% of my clients don't like getting their photos taken or convinced they're not photogenic hate the photography experience and they come in they're like i'm gonna break your streak of good photos and i'm like that's how thank you for being the third person to take to tell me that i got you this is exactly you're exactly who this is built for it ends up being like a four or five hour process we only take photos for like an hour and a half at the end yeah there's a lot of talking there's a lot of connecting there's a lot of celebrating what got them to this point, like taking, you know, there's a couple of key questions I asked that pulls in the energy yeah. of what got you here. But then we go into the future and pull in the energy of future you. Both of that gets pulled into the present moment. We create a roadmap for success. And then we take photos. And it's like, it's a blessing for me to give people photos that they love and that can help them grow their brands. But the true blessing is to give them an experience that reminds them how confident, how bold, how creative, how possible, how beautiful, how brilliant they are, so that that energy can step into their next meeting, into their next one-on-one, -on -one, into their next book, into their next family thing, into their next date. You know, that's really what the heart shot experience is about. And it sounds like you help people remember their inner child to bring that playfulness where we felt, you know, I think of my sister one time when we went to uh, a water park, my mom and dad are like, oh, where did she go? And next thing you know, she's on the tallest slide coming down and it's just being free and not putting all these limitations that different messaging have, has given many people. Exactly. Particularly women particularly women, you know, have been told that this is what beauty is. Yeah, and if you're over like 2530, forget about it. Like, you know, there's been such negative messages to women. And that's the bulk of my clients, you know, usually women, to be honest, like 35 to 60. Um, <laughs> usually women that have been have are used to being behind the camera or have been documenting their family, their friends, but nobody's been documenting them. And it's yeah. like, 
you know, I've heard these stories that make me so sad and then make me happy that I get to do this work around like, you know, people who, whose mothers have passed and they're like, well, when my mother passed and we were trying to like look at photos, there were very few photos because she was always the one taking the photos. And so these are my clients. They're like, I don't want to be like that. I want to take photos and remember my life. So when I'm not here, my family can be like, there she was, you know, she was there and she's still there and she's still here. And so, yeah, it's, um, it, it on the surface it's photography and at a much deeper level it's some it's a, it's a it's something else it has the opportunity to transform people and remind them that their lives are worthy of being remembered you know one of the things that you know comes up for me is when my daughter was in kindergarten she received a book from the kindergarten teacher at the end of the year called miss rumpheus by barbara cooney and it makes me think about your work Um, And we often, I often reference this book because it made me think differently about, you know, how to make that impact in the world. And, you know, we talk on the Millionaire Woman show about living rich from the inside out. And in in the book, there's a character named Alice who listens to her grandfather's stories at his feet of adventures and travel. And he, she keeps saying, when I grow up, I'm going to be just like you, I'm going to go travel the world. And he said, that's all well and good, Alice, but you need to leave the world a better place. And of course, you know, she goes on that adventure and one day she's bedridden and she's looking out the window and she sees these lupines and she sees them out her window. And when she's strong enough, she grabs the seed catalog, grabs a whole bunch and she fills her her satchel with all these seeds and then starts spreading them through the countryside. So later on in the season, the countryside is full of lupins. And then at one point, people come and start sitting at her needs, listening to her stories of the adventures. And she reminds them, it's all about leaving the world and making it a better place, making it more beautiful than you found it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think what, when I experience, cause it is truly an experience with the artist morning. And I, I do, um, look forward to when I get to have a session with you for heart shots that it is about the experiences that we create that make those impacts in the world and often people think that that impact has to be this huge monumental fireworks and everything and it it can be the smallest thing the word of encouragement and I just want to thank you for the work that you do and what you bring to the world because it has really um been powerful in my life and i am very grateful for you (laughs) thank you deborah i appreciate that you're you're very welcome so one of the questions i wrote down as i was preparing for this is darius what do you believe about the human spirit I believe the human spirit is divine. Yeah, I believe the human spirit is also an experience. I believe we're souls having this human experience and 
we forgot because it's a little confusing because our eyes, oh, this is my body and that's your body. And this world, for whatever reason, doesn't like it when we love ourselves and like ourselves because there's not money to be made when we're content. And so, you know, we're, we're not human. We get humans, each of us. It's a gift to have a human. And for some reason, we are quite critical and mean to these incredible creatures. You know, like every hand I shake, I shake through this human's hand. Every thing I eat, I eat through his mouth. Everywhere I go, I walk with his feet. Every one I hug, I hug with his arms. Everything I see, I see through his eyes. But yet, like, I'm so harsh and critical um, to this human. <clears throat> and I truly believe that our humans are our soul's mate. You know, everything they said we're supposed to be looking for out there is right here under our nose, which yeah. I think is hilarious. I think is a big cosmic joke. Look for your soulmate. And it's like, dude, it's just right. It's right here, right here. Always been right here. <laughs> You know, you're like, where is it? Where is my soulmate? Oh, right here. Always here. What if I get lost? Take a couple deep breaths, put your hand on your heart, and you'll feel and remember everything. Uh, and so, yeah, those are some of my beliefs around the human experience. So just before we wrap up, a question just came to my mind is when you look at yourself first thing in the morning or, you know, is there something that you say to yourself or to get started into a morning routine of some kind? Sometimes I, um, <laughs> sometimes it's different on different days. Uh, sometimes I just try to start with one thing of gratitude and create gratitude energy. Sometimes for whatever reason, my hands are just hovering in the air and I'm like, creating energy with my hands. I do this a lot. Yeah. Um, sometimes for anyone who's watched the matrix, the voice in my head is like, wake, get up Trinity, get up Trinity, which is this, this scene from the matrix where she's on the ground and she's got her guns out. It's just ridiculous. Um, but like my goal every morning is to just get to my kettle and turn it on. Because if I think about my whole thing, I, the rituals I need to do, it's too much. Yeah. And it's just like, I need a singular goal. Just hit that thing and everything turns on. Everything will happen from there. <laughs> that's, that's good. Because otherwise, I think we get into overthinking versus the feeling part, right? It's all of a sudden, it's like, okay, I got to think about every single thing. And then it, it can zap that energy right away from the beginning. Whereas if you're like, okay, how do I want to feel turn on the coffee, you know, and clip along? Yeah, my friend, Sal Talon, my dear friend and creative collaborator, she has this theory that like, we think we have more capacity to do than we actually do. And we actually have a very little capacity for doing, which sounds like bad news, but it's not. Yeah. Because we only have to do this much and allow this much. 
-hmm. but we get in our own ways by thinking we need to do all of it. And so that, you know, I got to get up, I got to meditate, I got to make my bulletproof coffee, I got to yoga, I got to sage, I got to journal, I got to, and you're like, uh, but she's like, all you actually have to do is hit the kettle. And then you need to allow the rest of it just to happen. And then before you know it, it's all happened. And that's true for so many creative things. It's just like, just get to the computer with your tea and put your headphones on. And then all of a sudden, six months of taxes gets done. Don't think about six months of taxes. That's doing too much. Right. And the last thing I want to say is what people, the I used to be like just famous for being a night person and not a day person. And then I realized that I am a day person, but I'm not a wake up person. Those are two different things. I've never met a wake up person, but when I distinguished those two things and I was like, okay, it's just the waking up part that I hate, but I actually love being up in the mornings. Then the game became, how do I compete against the amount of joy that's in my bed in the morning? Cause it's joyful to be in bed <laughs> yeah. and sleep. It's like, Oh my God, this is great. So then I needed to set up things on the other side of my bed, outside of my bedroom that match that level of joy or surpassed it. You gotta, you gotta compete with the amount of joy to get your butt out of bed. <laughs> and so that those two things made a big difference. Wow. This has been just an incredible interview, Darius. And I am very grateful. One of the things that I personally am going to take away is the cut and jump out of the character and say, Hey, that was really awesome. Now let's uh, change, change things up on the next scene, you know, kind of thing. And I love that about the joy in the, you know, that you're joyful and cozy in your bed and it's like a cocoon, but to create uh, that higher level of joy to move into as you move throughout your day, because then it's anticipation, it's exciting. It's like, okay, let's go, let's go. I want to be silly and I want to get into this sacred space. And exactly. th thank you so much for sharing your wisdom your expertise and just who you are, the character of Darius. I really appreciate that very much. My pleasure. Thanks for coming to the show. Thanks for coming to this <laughs> film. Really appreciated you being here. Um, and thanks for having me on your podcast. This was a really fun conversation. Well, I have a couple more questions. So oh. I got to stay kind of on my theme here. But what is one book that has been transformative in your life into who you are today? I've got a couple. Can I list a couple off? Yeah, oh. uh, of course. In reverse order of reading, the last epic book I read was The Presence Process by Michael Brown, The Creative Act by Rick Rubin, The Practice by Seth Godin, Big Magic by Liz Gilbert and The Way of the Superior Man by David Data. Those are my like go-tos. And then of course, Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way. Awesome, awesome. Some of those I, I don't have on my shelf, so I will be looking out for them, especially um, The Creative Act. I know you've mentioned it a few times. Oh my goodness, so good. So good, so good. all right, I gotta get on that. And what does it mean to you to live rich from the inside out? 
the first answer was chocolate. I don't know why you said rich. <laughs> I thought about rich chocolate. I don't even like chocolate that much, but that's where my head went. There's yeah. a 10 year old who wanted to answer that. Yeah. Um, to live rich from the inside out. What does richness mean to you? Yeah, it's like we are multi-billion dollar creatures. Like AI is trying to make humans like us. And if there was a human that existed like us with the ability to do the stuff we're able to do, it'd be a billion dollar human. Like without you doing anything or making anything or creating anything or saying anything, like you're a miracle. I think it was like you had a one in 300 million chance of that little sperm inseminating your mother's egg. And so like right off the bat, like you are an anomaly. The fact that you are here um, and there's nothing you need to do to be worthy of love and abundance. Like you're just you being here makes you immediately worthy of unconditional love. But the catch is there's no such thing as unconditional love from anybody else. It can only come from you. So you are worthy of your own unconditional love just for being here. And once we get that, it's like we realize that in, in the end, everybody gets a standing ovation. You've already won. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you very much for your insights. Now I want to make sure that more people know about you and how to stay in touch with you, how to access some of the meditations, maybe join us in the artist morning. So I'd love for you to share all of that. Sure. Yeah. Um, if you want to join us at the artist morning, it's totally free and everyone's invited. It happens Fridays at 9am Eastern standard time. And it's a 60 minute container. So Come by anytime and it's artistmorning.com to sign up and get all the information. If you want more on me, you can find me anywhere on the internet um, by putting my first name and my last name. So DariusBashar.com uh, or at DariusBashar on Instagram, on anywhere really. So D-A-R-I-U-S-B as in boy, A-S-H-A-R. And he's also on Insight Timer and has a brand new course. Thank you for reminding me. I love this course. Usually I'm not this excited about my creations, even when they're awesome. But this one, I absolutely love and adore. It's the, the reviews are coming in and they're like, they're making me want to cry because they're so wonderful. It's called Supercharge Your Creativity. If you're interested, um, I have lots of free stuff on Insight Timer and the course is free if you have the paid membership. And if you don't, I think it's like $70 for the course. Um, but it's seven days, seven pillars to supercharge your creativity. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Darius. What are any final words you'd like to leave with this audience today? Cantaloupe. <laughs> that's a word yes definitely definitely hippopotamus uh-huh orangutan there's a theme here there's a theme there's an african theme okay um, any final words i i want to leave your audience with everything i shared is my belief 
all beliefs are made up. These are mine. They work for me. I made them up. You can choose to believe my beliefs, but I would recommend you investigate and explore your own beliefs. Just remember, all beliefs are made up. There's no such thing as a Darius. There's no such thing as 3.31 p.m. We made it up. We made it up because it helps us communicate, but we made it up. It's all made up. So pick the things, create the things, make up the things that will allow you to be the best version of yourself. And I hope that best version of you has space and compassion for other people to be the best versions of themselves too. Absolutely beautiful. I hope everyone will join us. Check out your work. I will have everything in the show notes, but join us at the artist morning. And uh, I uh, really am just in such huge gratitude for this experience now, but every Friday morning that I get to, I get to, and I'm honored to be with a community that you can express yourself freely and just be a part of becoming the best versions of ourselves. And I'm very grateful for that. Thank you so much, Darius. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Deborah. Thank you everyone for joining us here on the Millionaire Woman Show. You can also go over to my website at www.debrakasowski.com where you can get your 10 page PDF, reset your mindset right now um, as my gift to you. As Muhammad Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And as always, go out and make today great.